What's up, Guitar Center gift cards? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. It it happens that my mother-in-law called me on Father's Day this last weekend. And between that and the birthday of mine that she just missed, she wanted to know where to send me a gift card to. Is that, did you get, did you say Guitar Center? I did not. Oh. I said Amazon. Also useful. I mean, Amazon basically is Guitar Center. Essentially, you know, anything you want from anywhere, you're going to be able to get it. As, you know, and I, you know, I'm constantly in cables and strings out of Amazon, so. Yeah. Uh, I do, I, I did end up with a uh, Guitar Center gift card for $50. Sweet. Uh, I'll probably blow it on strings. Sure, sure. A cable, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe a fancy Because sometimes you just need to go and grab it, you know. You can't wait a day and a half for Prime oh, to show up. the stuff that I have bought at Guitar Center in the last several years have been like, this mic finally died, and I have a show yep. tonight. Go to Guitar Center. Yeah, there, there's always brick-and-mortar music places are always going to have to exist at some degree until they can do that, like, you know, 20-minute drone delivery that, you know, will sure we never have to leave if we don't want to yeah or 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 three d print me a beta fifty eight right here that's a thing that could happen could happen speaking of things that could happen and and may or may not need to happen um for those of you who are keeping score on the uh cover band confidential Facebook group, I posted a teeny little challenge um that was basically just a pile of money, and I said, hey guess how much the money is, and you might win a uh, free coaching call. We had a lot of guessers. Um, we did. Um, <clears throat> participation was very, very good. And, and we should say and, that you put that up as an experiment, right, to even see, yes. sort of gauge interest. And I think the, the the learning from that is that there's interest. Yeah. If it's, you know, particularly if it's free. For Yeah, for us, you know, we're, we've been doing this for about a year, and we've put out some content. We think that, you know, it's been helpful. But we're, we're wondering, you know, even in our kind of small group of, of listeners, um, who would be interested in potentially, like, really digging in and getting, you know, personalized um, coaching on what they could do to go further faster? And this is just something that we were considering. Uh, we don't know what that looks like long term, um, but if you guys are open for it, we would come up with some sort of way of, you know, providing that as a service. Um, you know, we, it's technically a an option on the Patreon page, but I know that not everybody, um, maybe I don't know, maybe Patreon in its platform approach doesn't quite um, sell that feature well. And may not be able to sell it as well as we can um, right, ourselves. Right, so, right. well, uh, and it's just, it's as a one time thing. It's a different. It's just a different kind of thing to purchase than sure. signing on to a subscription at a high level that uh, affords you those benefits. It's just it's a, sure. a different buying scenario. And I mean, if if it came to it, and that was something that people wanted, where they would want you know a more regular kind of uh, check in, it would probably be not at the level that it's currently set to on Patreon just mm-hmm. because the Patreon tiers are kind of arbitrary. Um, but if that is something that you are or potentially would be interested in, um, you know, send us an email or shoot us a message in the, uh, in the Facebook group or on the, uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, Cause we are kind of just debating next steps for that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, in the meantime, well, before we meantime, I think, I think one no? of the values we bring about that is yeah. that we're in, um, 
quite different bands that target quite different kinds of events. We market in quite different ways. Um, yep. And I think we can cover a lot of a lot of ground in terms of what people want to see their bands do and how they want to see their bands grow. I actually really, the mm-hmm. more I thought about this idea, the more I liked it because between us, we're pretty broad um, yep. in terms of style and event type that we play and uh, and that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, for sure, if, if you um, want, to, want to hear me rant in person about branding. Oh, maybe not in person, but, you well, know. One-on-one anyway. Yeah. Can, a more specific can, rant. In- yeah, yeah, yeah. A rant targeted directly at your branding. Yeah. We, we can arrange that. Cool. Well, um, f- for those of you who are wondering, uh, the amount of money in that pile was $12,000. Um, and I was kind of pushing people to guess because no one had guessed it. Um, lots of things in between. Um, and, and in this particular instance, we had uh, two people who were equally away from it, uh, both above and below. And because we didn't specify, you know, X amount without going over, uh, we're going to go ahead and offer it to two of our faithful listeners. Um, so, uh, the winners of the, wait, wait, hang on, wait, hang on, hang on, on. wait, 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 I got this for you. Hang on, hang on. Here it is. Oh, you finally... No, you're supposed to wait until we announce. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay. All right, go, go, go. All right, so uh, our fr- <laughs> our first coaching winner is uh, Jimmy Kimball. And uh, the second winner, uh, I know I'm going to mispronounce your name, so please provide uh, that information uh, later on. But Seth Hatlid? H-A-T-L-E-L-I-D? Thank you so much for that. Um, I mean, my I am, my uh, air horn timing is not fantastic. Yeah, it, it, there's a rapid fire to it that really spells the whole... No, nah, it's got to be faster than that, but it's okay. There it is. Okay, there cool, it is. Cool, cool, cool. So uh, congratulations to Jimmy and Seth. Um, please reach out to us uh, once you hear this episode, and maybe we'll post an announcement on the, uh, on the Facebook page itself, and we'll figure out uh, the best way to re- um, set up a call. And uh, get you guys some personalized coaching. So congratulations. Go guys. On Oh, speaking of um, people reaching out to us, we had um, an email come in from across the pond, mm. which was very exciting. Did they, um, um, were they alarmed at my Britishisms from the last episode? No, that okay. well, surprisingly did not come up. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but uh, our friend Drew from... Uh, Let's see, I think he's, like, from the North Country. Do, 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 do. Yeah, Northeast is what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew plays in a band called Mixtape and was asking about um, active speakers and what we would recommend. Um, and kind of based on that, I went through the spiel and kind of said what you use and what, we, what I use yep. and all of that good stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's... He, it was funny when I responded, he was like, I can't believe I'm actually talking to you. I'm so starstruck, which <laughs> made me laugh and yeah, um, yeah. definitely put some wind in my sails because I'm, you know, of no importance to anybody. But right. Um, right. that was kind of cool. Right. And that is, we're, we're still here. We're answering emails and stuff. So you have questions, please reach out. Um, so Plus thanks, your, Drew. Your band and, gets a name check on the podcast. So. Yeah. Shout out to Mixtape over Ooh. in uh, Northeast England. Um, yeah. Cool. So how was your, uh, how was your weekend of stuff? Well, my weekend was very, very relaxing. I spent it at the beach, um, 
we uh, had a nice long weekend there at the uh, really cute little hotel that we stay at on and on the North Carolina coast that um, we discovered ten years ago. We've probably been there thirty or forty times since then. Nice. And, uh, so it's very relaxing and nice. My parents came in town and um, spent some good time with them. And then um, uh, let's see, I have, did, haven't had any music um, since we last spoke. I think hmm. uh, I got um, coming up. Um, <laughs> this weekend we have the Clanky Lincoln's second anniversary pool party, which is nice. uh, the second of two uh, um, years that we've been alive, and uh, each one's been punctuated by a party at Tony Testar and Drummer's backyard, which has been awesome. And then I'm playing an acoustic show at a new venue the night after that. that actually, afternoons three to six, um, place called Craft City Sip In, which has been around for a while, and it's my first time playing there. Cool. And then I'm out uh, all next week on a business trip, including a show that I'll be playing for my customers and coworkers on Thursday night. So that will be um, a very fruitful conversation. Yeah. Uh, in the following episodes. Yep. Um, so this past weekend was '80s Ladies Night at Venkman's. Ah, sweet. Um, so that was um, an interesting one on a on a couple of fronts. One of them uh, being that our drummer and bass player were not available, so I had to uh, hire subs. And in doing so, the um, the apprehension and the anxiety was twofold. One being that you know when subs are kind of enter enter into the equation, um, you know you're always concerned with the quality of the performance that you're going to be providing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part being that in order to secure um, subs, uh, I had to guarantee them a set amount of money, um, which I you know that's a that is a completely ticketed event. So I was betting against the house, really, um, in order to cover my expenses. Right. Um, which, again, can always be a little bit of a, uh, you know, well, it's, it's a gamble. Um, but luckily, in our case, that gamble paid off. Nice. Uh, on both fronts. Um, the bass player, um, I literally met the day of, but um, was a complete, he was a complete pro, and he was cool, and he crushed the gig. Um, our drummer is was a former member, so it wasn't. There wasn't really any challenge there. Yeah. Uh, I knew he'd do a great job. And um, the band was real loose but had a good time on stage. And it was probably the most fun I've had at a gig in about a month or so. Um, the The event sold well. We sold about 150 tickets. And nice. so I covered my expenses and had some money in my pocket at the end of the night, which Sweet. felt good. Love it. Uh, I also found out about this beer uh, called Miami Vice, huh. spelled W-E-I-S-S. Ah, uh, Clever. It is like neon pink and blue, um, very 80s, and um, it's a delicious beer. The, so. the, the label or the beer? B- both of them. Huh. No, the, the beer is actually, it's weird. I, the way I could only describe it is that it tasted like Wheaties. So it was kind of like, because <laughs> yeah. it's a wheat beer, right, but right. it wasn't like overly sweet. It was kind of like a, this weird dry finish, and I was like, it's kind of like like a bowl of Wheaties, and then someone else was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what it was. So, Interesting. Shout out to Miami Vice. Um, I feel like there's like an 80s themed beer thing happening because I know of at least three breweries who are doing one right now. Huh. So it's good for us, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, totally. Get a sponsorship. Yep. So um, that was good. Uh, played Sunday morning uh, after pl- getting in at like 2 a.m., which was not so good. Um, played fine, but, you know, trying to do any sort of cr- creative brain work uh, on less than three hours of sleep is a bit of a drag um this coming weekend um we have a high school reunion at stone mountain park 
which should be fun. That one I've already technically been paid for, so um, you know I won't have much to show for it this go round. Um, and then the other thing that's going on is that Sunday afternoon I am playing at a vineyard very close to my house. Cool. Now, um, this is an interesting situation because it is um, my brother's wife's mother's property. And they have just decided... Brother's wife. So it's my sister-in-law's mom. Sister-in-law's mom. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, it's, I mean... That's how we. That's how it's all broken down. Yeah. But they have a they have a um, a horse farm that they are now going to be turning into a vineyard and event space, um, which opens up a lot of questions and potentially a lot of opportunities. Right. So we're going to do a trial run um, this Sunday with an event and see how it goes, and. Um, as this business continues to grow, that could become, um, you know, uh, a situation where I start booking that venue and potentially take over, you know, some of the event coordination and that kind of thing. So, uh, it could be a big deal. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as, as right now, you know, I'm just, we're just trying to see if it, if it's got legs. Yeah. So. Winery gigs are interesting. They're different from brewery gigs. It's a different, sure. different markets. Um, you know, yeah. you, know you gotta, Plan it differently, prepare it differently, different set list. Um, well, yeah, also it's from like 2 until 5 in the afternoon. Oh, nice. So nice. It's going to be very different. Yeah. Yeah, good. Than what I'm accustomed to. Good. Give you an opportunity to stretch out in some of that stuff that people are, you know, happy to have as wallpaper. Yeah. And this coming Thursday is the um, that British consulate thing as well. So that might be a good time to pull out uh, some of those tunes yeah. and get them uh, at least you know, road tested because there's a bunch of them <laughs> that I've got to get, I've got to get, uh, prepped, um, which kind of dovetails into the conversation that, uh, we were wanting to have this evening. Is that correct? It does. It does. It does. So, um, <clears throat> one of the things that I was thinking about this weekend is father's day, right? And, and, um, it was very unusually. I got to spend it with my father. Oh, he lives in Salt Lake city and, um, and they came out and spent the weekend with us. Well, actually, it was a complete coincidence. It turned out to be Father's Day. We didn't really even realize that when we planned it six months <laughs> ago. Um, but um, I saw something on Facebook. You know, what did your father teach you? Yeah. Blah, blah. You know, whatever. Dad, blah. But one of the big things that he taught me that I – that I um, <laughs> he taught it to me in the context of driving. But it has served me well. And that is preparation and foresight. Okay. Right. He always taught me as I was learning to drive and had my learner's permit and he was sitting in the passenger seat next to me about looking ahead on the road and just being aware of where, you know, if you look out there and just be sensitive to it, you can kind of tell where people want to change lanes in front of you and where people, you know, by the time you get to our age, um, that's all sort of ingrained in you. You know, yeah. it becomes a kind of a, a, a sixth sense sort of thing as you as you drive. But for a 16-year-old, sort of understanding, gosh, I can look out at the road and I can kind of predict the next 15 to 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. I can plan out where I what lane would be best for me to be in. I can think about, you know, the fact that my exit's coming up in a mile and a half. I can, you know, I can actually look ahead and plan and put myself in the right place to do the best, you know, have the best outcome happen. Mm-hmm. 
And that's that's a lesson that has um, <laughs> rippled throughout my life, actually. That, that most of the successes in my career and in a lot of other things that I can point to have been um, almost entirely a matter of having showed up ready. I mean, showed up yes. having done the work and prepared. And um, so one of those places for me right now, for sure, is preparation around music and band stuff and gigs and, and what that all takes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was, I was thinking about that. I wondered, Adam, if it's different for you because you've outsourced the, um, rig setup and transport mm-hmm. is your preparation. I mean, can you, can you just kind of walk in and wail? No, I mean, there's still a fair amount of prep that needs to happen on my end. I'm still carrying a fair amount of gear. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and it, it's always kind of a matter of finding, you know, what what I can leave. But, you know, outside of just my own personal equipment, you know, it could be, um, you know, it, it could be iPads, it could be mm-hmm. promotional material, it could be T-shirts for the other um, players. Like, there, it's, you know, we have those giant Rubik's Cubes. That's something that I have to bring. Right. Um, and I always feel like I have this long list of things that I'm supposed to bring. And then, you know, as soon as I forget one, someone's like, I can't believe you forgot that. Where <laughs> right, it's like, right. you know, dude, I, I, I've, I have to remember all of this stuff. Yeah. Like, now, do you have, do you, do you have a list on, on paper or somewhere or do you just have it in your head? At this point, I, I there was one point where I did have it written down, um, as like a checklist on my phone. Uh-huh. Um, but what I found was that once I offloaded the, um, the majority of the gear, I didn't really have to do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's my thing is still kind of like I'm wondering, you know, how this song that we're onboarding is going to go. And I'm wondering, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the thing that you're talking about driving, but like I'm doing it like six hours <laughs> right. ahead of time. Right, right. So I'm thinking about transitions and I'm thinking about, um, you know, Set breaks uh-huh. and all of that stuff. Totally. Totally. And, you know, when whenever I play in a new environment, you know, this new venue I'll be playing on Sunday or for sure for my, my company next Thursday, I'm thinking about how I want to organize that set list. I've been getting um, requests from my coworkers. <laughs> my boss wants um, Speechless by Dan and Shay. Hmm. I don't. I'll probably have to do that for her, but uh, it's not a wedding, so I don't know how I'm going to make it fit. Yeah. Um, but another coworker wants some U2, and another coworker wants some Cat Stevens, and another coworker doesn't care as long as there's some 80s alt in there, and I can completely handle all three of those requests. Not a problem. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, as we brought up uh, at least at least a week or two ago, um, I have all my house and home and you know, all those related things. Cause I am in the real estate industry and I'll be in a room full of real estate people. Yep. You know, when I'm playing a normal gig, just a plain old bar gig, um, I have to think through getting the rig from the storage unit, right? Mm-hmm. Loading it in the car. I don't need a checklist for that anymore because the, the organization, the, the way that I fit it into the car if it all fits, I can look at it and know I've got everything. 
Okay. Right. I've got a sort of a very particular sort of Tetris arrangement of things in the car that only works if I have everything. Now, when I started doing acoustic shows as well this last year, I started needing a second arrangement of that same stuff because mm-hmm. I may not take both of the turbo sounds. Yep. Um, I may not take my mixer rack. I may take my little Soundcraft 12-port rack um, mixer, uh, the notebook mixer. And that was tough, knowing <laughs> having to transition back and forth between two different arrangements of stuff in the car that tell me I've got everything. Like I literally mm-hmm. had to stand at the back of the car with the tailgate open, like counting on my fingers the things that I needed the first several times I did that. Um, yeah, I feel like in my case, like I've I've gotten I've gotten it set up now where I have two complete the, like the rigs are completely separate. Yeah, so there's not as much paranoia over that because there there shouldn't be any overlap and if there is overlap it's very minimal yep um and if you you have the means to go about that that's definitely i think the way to go for sure i'm thinking about a turbo sound ip 300 um two of those okay. for the acoustic show um just because i don't need a i don't need a sub for voice and acoustic yeah um Subwoofer, not sub player. We've just used the word <laughs> sub in two different ways in this. That's episode. correct. Um, so, yeah, the IP one thousand definitely does the job. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's if that's more or less of a pain to haul than two separate, you know, three hundred waters. Well, I, I like um, the place that I do the trivia is long and echoey, so I set up a, a speaker at the far end of the bar, and that really helps. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So two two units kind of is like really, a relay. Exactly, exactly. It's what I need. I, I've been using the full bands PA, one next to me as you know half of the room and, and monitor, and the other at the far end yep. of the bar. Um. Anyway, but thinking that through, like thinking through what I'm going to need when I get there, thinking through, um, and then and then when when some part of my preparation fails, it's um shocking, and and how I. How I deal with that is I am chronically early. I will be at one of those acoustic shows an hour and a half early so that if I forget something, I can go get it. I have There have been times I've gotten there and forgotten my bag of hand percussion instruments that are crucial to the show. Mm-hmm. You know, they're back at the storage unit. It's like 20 minutes away across town. I, I got time. I got time. I got here in time to have time. So I can shoot across the town, get that, come back, still have a beer. Um the other thing that I've just recently added to my show that I have to prepare every time is these um, Sennheiser wireless units, mm. which are great. I really, I'm a, I'm a big fan of them, uh, but each one of them needs to be charged. It's got a little battery inside it, and um, I think I've talked on the podcast about my charging rig that I have for it, which is great. I can plug them all in at once. They all charge all at once, but I have to remember to do that. And ideally, I get them plugged in the night before a show, and I harvest them off of the charger in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just another thing that I have to be out ahead of and be aware of, headed into it. Um, and you know, yeah, if, I mean, if if it wasn't going to be rechargeable, things like that, it would need to be. Um, am I sure I have enough double A's? Yeah. I mean, we, we, when we did the, after we did sound check for the, uh, for the gig, uh, this past week, um, we went and bought batteries mm-hmm. just cause we had, I knew we had time off. And then, I mean, typically, like, you know, my, our sound guy, Ben comes prepared, like he crushes it. So, yeah. um, offloading all of that stuff has, has actually allowed me to do a little less worrying, which is something I'm very, very good at. 
Um, yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And I, and I, um, I could see us getting to a place where we would have um, the capacity to have somebody help with us, uh, you know, with that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, in, in my case, I was willing to to take the financial hit. Like, right. it was worth it without like without hesitation. It has paid dividends in ways that you know most people will never understand. Just <laughs> right. because right. it was such a point of anxiety for me. Yeah, but it's so. when you get there to set up, you're you're like a total disaster and. Of course, yeah, yeah. And, then, and and then heaven forbid, it, you know, I forget something, right? You know, then then you're just in like the tailspin of, <laughs> you know, self-flagellation, right? And then get up on stage and perform. Good luck, yeah. Uh, and know that you've got to load the PA up, drive it home, and load it back out after you've already done it twice right, so far. Right, so, right, um, yeah, it was just, you know, the the, the preparation now is more. Um, so, cerebral it's more in my head but it also allows me to get into the headspace of hey my job is to be fun and entertaining Mm -hmm. and you know sell that and i think that like this if this gig was any indication like because things were so low-key i was really able to kind of let loose and and have a good time um without you know knowing that i (laughs) I had church in the morning without you know overindulging or being you know irresponsible um as a performer. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then the other side of it is what, <laughs> what happens at downbeat. Yeah. Is that all of that just disappears. Right. I was, um, um, whatever it was two weeks ago, the pig party, um, the pig pounder anniversary party, <laughs> pig, pig party, pig party pounder. They had a pig. There was a pig wandering around the bar. It was, it was amazing. There was like a handler. Seems kind of cruel. He seemed happy. I don't know. I don't know if people yeah, were feeding him beer, but cause um, he probably didn't realize he was, you know, what are we having for dinner? Oh, <laughs> we're, we're having you, buddy. Uh, I think he was a an official petting zoo pig. I don't. I don't think he was on the menu. <laughs> um, but you know that day I had um, leaks in my roof that rained all the way through my house and flooded my basement, and you know trying to pick up these um, cornhole boards that then I got over there and paid for them and they didn't fit in my car and God, I was dealing with that and. You know, just it was a crazy day. I was so totally frazzled. And then um, the whole day, I was like, all right, it's fine. Once I get to six o'clock, I'm I'm rocking out. I'm, you know, downbeat happens and that all disappears and there's just the show. Yeah. And uh, and that really is the joy of what we do. You know, all of the preparation work and all the thinking and all of the planning. Yeah. You do all of that so that it can all disappear. Well, or that you can provide a convincing facsimile of well, it disappearing. Ideally, it all disappears. Not all nights it's like that. But uh, yeah, I've gotten to where it's. Yeah, I can. I can pretty much count on um, something takes me over at downbeat, and and um, you know Dan has left the building. Some you know a performance that's not um, put on uh, comes yeah. over me. You know. I can get myself in trouble about going too far over and, and, and leave quote unquote, leaving the building. Um, and not necessarily like an autopilot, but just kind of in my own world yep. because it is so easy for us as, you know, as I, I, I'm blaming being a guitar player where you can just kind of get in this zone where like basically your entire world is the, you know, 18 inches between your hands and the microphone. Mm-hmm. And that's all you all you've got. Um, breaking out of that, especially when you're not, you know, your head you're not in the right headspace, can be kind of challenging. That's true. 
but it also if you if you do need a second to kind of like regroup it it does give you like a a bit of a I guess a buffer or a barrier to, to that get really, your head in the that game. That really is true. A guitar can be a very comforting um, boundary between you and the, the audience. Oh, so that that being said, it's funny you mention that. Um, when I loaded in, I, I, I took the HX on its maiden voyage. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, it's, it needs some work. Okay. I, um, I dialed in a bunch of stuff using headphones, and then it sounded very different on front of house, sure. which I was very disappointed yes, by. Yes, you'll um, that. Managed like a workable tone, but I basically walked in with my Steinberger and the HX in the pocket Sweet. of the Steinberger bag. Um, and I'm, I'm now referring to that as the BDR. It's the, uh, the, big, the big D rig. <laughs> because anybody with the, uh, with the confidence to, <laughs> to play a rig that small has some, some serious BDE, yeah. as, they, uh, as the kids are saying. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, that... Uh, otherwise, you know, if you're not playing the world's smallest guitar through the world's smallest rig, yeah, um, it does give you something to hide behind. It does. So yeah, it does. Um, you know, even when you're performing it, even when you're soloing, and when you're, you know, you can you can sort of turn inward to the guitar. And um, mm-hmm. I'm not recommending this, but it's, but if you need a breather from crowd energy, it's available. Well, I think it's even easier to do as a um, as a solo act. Oh, sure, sure. Because in in those moments you can you can close your eyes and you can kind of just sell it. And people are are going, Oh, you know, he's really into this. Yeah. He, he's you know, he's feeling really emotional. But in real in reality you're going, You're not here. <laughs> There's a beer and it's on its way. Yeah. And and you, you know, you're really it comes across very emotional, very intense and sincere, That's but right. in reality you're right. thinking about you're like, don't watch the basketball game directly in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Or, hey, I didn't know Jennifer Love Hewitt was still on TV. Right, right. Look you know, at all that. The it's Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, it, yeah. It's funny. Dan reached out to me right before we, we started and was like, hey, I want to talk about preparation. And it, it's just kind of, I guess, serendipitous. Um, I fell into a bit of a, a YouTube rabbit hole um, today and stumbled upon a, uh, a guy who I already knew of. Um, he's a drummer. His name is J.P. Bouvet. And I found out about him, I don't know, it was probably six or seven years ago. He won, like, the Guitar Center drum-off. Hmm. So he's basically just this kind of young guy. Um, maybe even longer than that that he's been – anyway. Um, and he was just a really good drummer. And um, over the past year, he's gotten – two big calls to uh to do sub work um the one <laughs> the one that kind of blew my mind um was uh matt gartska who is the drummer for a band called animals as leaders uh and for those of you who are keeping track at home that's tosin abasi's band and if you know who tosin abasi is you should look him up because uh he will make you never want to play guitar again yeah but anyway um matt gartska's gig was playing uh the generation axe tour and Basically, he was the drummer for the entire tour and um, injured his hand and couldn't play anymore or was really having a hard time playing. Um, and so JP got the call and had literally two, three days to prep. <laughs> and then he was playing a three and a half hour show, playing drums for Animals as Leaders, Ingve Malmsteen, Steve Vai, Zach Wilde, and Nuno Betancourt. Just like that. Yeah. Um, the other call that he got, um, 
and it's funny in the in the video that I I watch because he actually documented like the whole process. Um, in the in the the subsequent video for this this further call, he's like, uh, you know, I learned a lot from the Generation X tour. Apparently, I've become that guy. <laughs> but he got a call with two days' notice to go and play with Periphery, nice. do a do a full set with them uh, at a festival. And um, for those of you who don't know who Periphery are, um, they are very much in the Animals as Leaders proggy, very complex world as far as musicianship goes. And he had less than two full days before he had to have that set completely down cold to play in front of, you know, 10, 12,000 people. So what was his approach? Um, his whole idea and, and, you know, talking about preparation and stuff is that he had, he really kind of harped on the fact that you have to have the fundamentals hmm. in your brain. Um, he's like, I wasn't learning anything. Um, I was just, on, I was just memorizing. Yeah. So, and and for him, what he's saying the difference is, is that he had all the pieces mm-hmm. in his mind. Like he had the he had the hi hat patterns, he had the kick patterns, he had the the ghost notes on the snare. Uh, all he had to do was memorize the sequence. So what he was saying was, I wasn't learning new words. I was just learning the sentence that they were in. Sure. Once you've got those polyrhythms and those timing changes and things like that. Right. And his whole thing is like he he didn't want charts for anything. He wanted to write his own charts and the ch- he was like even if I got the charts it would be too much information. I wouldn't be able to onboard it. Right. I needed just the th- just the the small reminders that um that kind of kept me going uh in order to, to to get through these things. The other thing that he really harped on was taking time off. Hmm. So thinking that you've got less than two days to do that kind of music. But what he, what he was really kind of harping on, again, was that um, time spent away from the instrument is where your brain actually gets That's totally the ability true. Yeah. to store it. It's totally true. So it wasn't just, you know, go through the material, practice, 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 practice. It was work on the material, take a break. Work on some more material, take a break. Yeah, different material. Yes. Yeah. Um, he was very like he was like, uh, let's go ahead and do a run through of these. Um, you know, play them straight through, play through the whole set one time, dry. No, no charts, no nothing. Just like how far into this can I get just on, you know, sheer talent alone, mm-hmm. and then start breaking them down and charting them out and doing all of that. Cool. And he, he was kind of going back and forth, like, do you need to read music to do this gig? Absolutely not. But being able to read music meant that I could learn these songs faster, which may or may not be beneficial you know, to you as a musician. So, I mean, he was being very even-handed about the whole thing. I mean, as even-handed as you can be getting the, a call like that, because this guy is like 25, maybe, <laughs> 26. Nice. And all of a sudden, you're, you're playing with Steve Vai? I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, I just kind of fell down this like sideman rabbit hole, um, just looking at stuff, and it, again, just kind of serendipitous that we yeah. were we were wanting to talk about that. Totally. And it, it was. I mean, it's been the, kind of the same thing working with um, with Say by the Band. You know, trying to find the right method and 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 really not trying to just shed and cram and shed and cram like. 
take your time, play it a little bit, take some time off, work on something else, come back to it. Like just kind of have it. I've, I have always known that I can't sit down for four straight hours and, and do that kind of work. It's not the way my brain works. No, not at all. You know, when I, when I am practicing like with a capital P something on guitar, Mm-hmm. Different from sitting and noodling in front of the TV, right? When I'm actually sure. working to learn something, I literally can do about 20 minutes straight before I need to take yeah. take a breather. Yeah, what he what he kept saying was, uh, "I feel my brain being resistant to right. new information." Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes. So I, I think that's the that's that's when you should uh, take a self awareness break and go. I think it's time to um, to step back for for a minute. Yep. Yep. So. Yep, it's very good. It's fascinating stuff, man. And, you know, there is an entire economy around being that kind of musician. Mm-hmm. Um, and being that able to you prepare can, that quickly, being able to mm-hmm. get up to speed in no time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very now, cool. there's the flip side of preparation. Okay, so yep. um, <laughs> at work I've taken on um, some new stuff that involves leading some new teams. And um, I was having an early meeting with one of my, I mean, early in my relationship with him, not early in the morning, although it was both actually, um, today with one of my new teams. And, uh, last night, I think I slept from like 2am to Mm 4am, but the whole rest of the night, my brain was like scheming the conversation and rehearsing the conversation and, uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know about you, Adam. Actually, I do know a little about you, Adam. But um, <laughs> that's unusual for me. That's I don't usually yeah. get. Um, um, I use the word obsessive, you know, about preparation that way. Usually, I'm I'm a little more circumspect. But you know, there there certainly is a way that you can. God, get too concerned about the delivery of something and 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 have it be um, overwhelming mm-hmm. and and detrimental to your health um i'll say the meeting went great they completely loved what i had to say to them but um but you know and maybe some of that had to do with the practice that i had at the conversation at 3 30 in the morning um but given how the rest of the day went probably not i mean i was kind of a zombie the rest of the day today yeah so there's that you know preparation is is of value until it um reaches some point of unhealth yeah, I think there's a saturation point where it's like, okay, like, there you you kind of get to the point of diminishing returns, yeah. where you can you can prepare and you can over prepare, but then there's also like, like you're saying, there's just there is a threshold that can't be crossed, and then you 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 are you are hurting yourself. You are not benefit. It's not going to make you. It's not going to make you better off. So right. Right. I get that. Right. Right. But you know, when it works, I will say some of my most fun shows I've had, you know, that experience when you're throwing a really great party and you got all these things happening at it. And it's like, no, that wouldn't require me to throw parties. Well, some of the great parties I've thrown, I used to throw um, New Year's Eve parties and also 4th of July. Those were kind of my two. And, you know, I'd have so many uh, little moments or things set up or whatever. Just be like, Sometimes with a gig, I feel I feel like I'm throwing a really great party, or, or you know, my wedding when there was like all of these pieces, all these aspects to the party that um, you know I get to just talk about all that's going to be for half an hour. Um, so it's really great gigs have kind of been like that. This one at Pig Pounder where I had 
the replacement cornhole boards for the ones we, we killed that I had custom designed and built, and they looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Wall. And then Jeff Wall put God a sticker damn it, on it. Jeff Wall. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that guy. I swear to God. Um, oh, so good. Really, what what the hell have I done to have Jeff Wall in my life? It's unreal. And then, um, you know, but then like a bunch of some new music that we weren't maybe totally sure about. We we're kind of seat of our pantsing that was went really well. And um, but you know, there's like a there's like an experience about really big gigs that are. Um, uh, it's exciting to have prepared all this stuff and have all these um, exciting moments to share with the audience and. Uh, it's, it's just another part of what I love about it. Well, yeah, and there's also like the um, the excitement of of being underprepared, and and there's an electricity to the the um, the interplay of the musicians on stage. Totally, where where you're kind of pulling stuff out, and everybody knows that you're pulling stuff out, but like something you try something, and it's like this instantaneous moment, uh-huh. and it's electric. Yeah, you know, um, you know. We had talked about that one gig where like the tracks went down, and so we played the rest of the, s- the show without tracks at all. And I, I turned to the guitar player, and I was like, I felt like I was alive. I know. Because you, there's just that, that spontaneity can... I get why people... You know, I'm not, I've never been... Well, I'm not saying I've never been, but like I, I'm not the kind to just go and jam. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily see the benefit of jamming. Right. But... I do understand the appeal of that because of that kind of electric, you know, give and take energy that can be generated on stage in those moments. Totally. Um, I think I'm just, I'm more comfortable with being prepared and knowing the way that the show's going to go. But then every once in a while, like you try to throw something in, like you do like a vocal run or you, uh, you, you, you try a different lick or, or you know, throw throw a guitar pick or something in it. It's just kind of like a unique, spontaneous moment, right? And then you get that kind of that little jolt, which is always fun. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so the best, yeah, the best the, thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you can over prepare that moment away. You can. You can make. You know, it's and it, it's a matter of, you know, I think that's kind of more of a practice thing. Like if you are working on, if you're working on guitar and maybe you, you fell down a rabbit hole with like, I don't know, double stops or chicken picking or some sort of like these cool guitar licks and maybe you find a, a, a spot to try it in your set. Like that's one of the things where the preparation and the execution kind of, kind of interlock in a way that gives you, Hey, I did, I've done this before, but it's the context is different. Yeah. And so you kind of get that dovetail moment. Yep. And then ultimately preparation and spontaneity, you know, maybe, maybe this is the last word on the matter. Um, it's the great John Coltrane quote, which is learn your scales, learn the music, practice, 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 and then throw the music away and wail. Yep. Or, you know, play it completely by memory. Exactly the way you learned it. Right. Right. There's the other option. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's kind of our jobs to a degree. Yeah. Anyway, that was a good conversation, man. Yeah. Yeah. It just was on my mind this week. Yeah. We, you know, getting, getting ready for this consulate thing. There'll be plenty of time. Well, there won't be plenty of time to prepare, but there will be um, opportunities to do so. And 
we're going to do our best to uh, to do it. Very good. I'm actually having to force myself to learn a bunch of Beatles songs. Um, and this is, again, you know, talking about things that you know about me. Um, I have always kind of had in my head that if I learned one Beatles song, I'd have to learn all of them. Huh. Um, and I, well, because if you, m- my, my thought process was, is if you're playing an acoustic gig and you play, I saw her standing there. Uh-huh. Somebody's going to walk up and you be like, oh, do you know, oh, paperback you writer, know Glass man. Onion? Yeah. You know, do you know Savoy Truffle? Right. Right. Day, but in reality. Day in the life, man. Yeah. But in reality, you just go. No. That's right. It's just the same as any other request. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do about that. It was like with like, uh, with like country music. Oh, I can't learn a country song because if I, if I know one, then I've got to learn a bunch of country songs. No. No. You can learn like three or four. Yeah. It's the ones that everybody asks for. Learn Friends in Low Places. Learn yeah. Ring of Fire. Achy Breaky Heart. Yeah. Maybe not Achy Breaky Heart. Sure, learn, learn Achy Breaky Heart. It's fun. Learn Old Town Road. Old Town and, uh, Road. Yeah. 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 Wagon Wheel, obviously. Kids, love it. Yep, Wagon Wheel. Yeah. Again, I still don't hate that song. You know I what? I still love playing it. I somehow it. missed it on the radio when it was so badly overplayed. I, I don't mm-hmm. mind it. I don't mind it. I feel the same way I do. Um, I, I kind of have the same experience with um, Wonderwall. Like, it was not overplayed for me because I missed no. all of that. I don't like playing Wonderwall. I, I, I played it with um, I played it with Saved by the Band, and it was probably the first time I played it hardly maybe ever. Um, my go-to Oasis song is Don't Look Back in Anger. Uh, that's a good one. That's the one for yeah. me. Yeah. If I was going to play anyone, it's going to be that one. Sure. And if somebody wants to hear Wonderwall, sure, I'll play Wonderwall. Sure. But I'd much rather play Don't Look Back in Anger. So Cool. So, um, listen, while we've been chatting here, um, I've had the group uh, uh, text message up from the band. And we have just booked a pro bono gig for the last Friday in September in um, for Justin, my co-frontman's tattoo artist, who puts on a show for special needs kids for an organization called Inspire Stokes County. So we'll be playing a pro bono show um, for, literally, tips and tattoos. Now, that's a gig I can get behind. Right? And Justin and I have been talking about getting a Clanky Lincoln's logo tattoo. Uh, it, will, it will be my first and his 101st. Yeah. Um, I was about to ask. Like, I, I was like, not a not a dig or anything you just don't seem like the tattoo kind of guy i don't have any but uh if i was gonna have one it would be my band that's fair i have some none of them are band related well this one might be cool we'll see it hurts real bad (laughs) that's what i hear that's what i hear and and then and and if the tattoo getting part isn't the worst than the healing part is healing part is much yeah, yeah. it's just so much yeah <laughs> it's just so much <laughs> oh man yeah, there you go good times well uh once again congratulations to our uh our our faithful friends seth and jimmy uh be on the lookout for uh for that we we haven't decided what we're going to do um if the conversations are good uh we may put an episode together where we um we air kind of what they talked about or what we talked about with them. Yeah, clips um, or who knows. Yeah, or if it's a really, really good one, we may just do it kind of straight up. Um, but we'll have to see. Yeah. This is uh, this is all a work in progress. Yep. You know, we're just, again, motivated to help you guys out and uh, be a resource to help you go and uh, get that money. Get that money. So, uh, may you go and get that money this week. It's all we wish for you. It is. So, from Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast episode. It's 54? 56. 
56. Holy believe crap. Believe it. Believe it. 56. We are just making these things, you guys. Have a great week.